Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava, and with me in the studio today are both Stephen Madoff and Dr. J.B. Gottfried, our Vice President and Executive Director at BIMI. I know. We're blessed to have him here. We have, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Dr. Godfrey uh, with us, and he actually is my neighbor in the office here. His office is right across from mine. That's why he keeps his door closed. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I see my neighbor. Thankfully, you know, the phrase, what, good fences make good neighbors. We don't have a fence between us, so we get along. <laughs> we go really well. Today is a special episode. Uh, it's a special episode to have him with us because... He has the very kind of unique uh, experience of being on both sides of the fence of what you just talked about, Mm -hmm. the missionary and the partnering churches. Uh, So, Dr. Godfrey, it's so good to have you with us. And uh, why don't you just kind of give everyone just kind of a real quick rundown of of you, what the Lord has allowed you to do in your ministry. And then I think that's going to lead us straight into what we want to talk about today. All right. Thank you for having me. And, And it is true. And I never planned it this way. But God called my wife and I to Africa in 1970, and we went to the field, and we thought we'd live and die there. We love missions, still do, and raised our kids there. And, and then after 20 years, we got caught up in fighting and had to leave our country and came back to America. Even then, I never dreamed I would become a pastor. Hmm. Uh, but our own sending church did not have a pastor when we came back. I didn't even know that. But... Uh, they saw God bringing us back, and I didn't see that at first, but after some time of prayer, and I became pastor of my sending church. And for nine years, I pastored and taught missions at Ambassador Baptist College, and I love pastoring. I'm, I, I've been a pastor. I'm a friend of pastors. Uh, I hear from pastors all the time. Part of my job here at BIMI is when people call with questions, usually, not always, but very often pastors, uh, I'm in communication with them, so I hear from pastors, um, and then of course after that, those nine years of being senior pastor, we were asked to come back with BIMI, and that was 20 years ago. So I've got 20 years on the field, and then nine years of pastoring, and then coming back and uh, back in missions, but still out in churches and with pastors a lot. And Dr. Godfrey. One of the things we tried to do on our podcast is is exactly what we say in our kind of intro, is talk about those topics and trends that impact the missionaries and the partnering churches. And what we have found, even in kind of the feedback we receive, is that sometimes missionaries are looking, I guess, through ministry life through one lens, and then pastors are looking at ministry life through another lens. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that lens, those lens don't match. They don't. And there seems to be, you know, kind of the, to use the, the, the phrase, you know, men are from Venus, women from Mars, or whatever <laughs> that is. <laughs> and, and that's how it is with missionaries and pastors. And yes. so you are a wealth of knowledge. And we, <clears throat> I think we just want to hear, like, what do you see? Okay, you have your finger on the pulse of both. So okay. what do you see? <clears throat> well, I see the musical Oklahoma and the cowboys and the farmers should be friends, and they're both prance, all prancing around, but they uh, they don't understand each other at all. Yeah. 
and, and not that one is good and the other is bad, but the cowboys, they, <clears throat> they have their lifestyle, and the farmers have their lifestyle, and we need both of them. And it's that way with pastors and missionaries. Uh, it would be wonderful, I've said for years, if every pastor could be a missionary for a whole year. <laughs> raise support and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. Raise support. Go to and and actually live and learn a language and learn a culture and start a church. And but it would also be wonderful if all of us missionaries could be pastor for a year, mm-hmm. because the the truth is we just understand each other and there's some reasons for that. One, most pastors go to a college, a Bible college, even a seminary, and they can go through their entire courses and never have a course in missions. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they'd have one on introduction to missions, which they have their freshman semester, and they don't remember <laughs> anything after that. So a pastor can go through and and think he understands missions, but he's never really been around missionaries nor had a course in it. And then the pastor sees missionaries coming in for his conference or for a meeting in his church. And they're driving most of the time a nice car, and they got on a suit, and they, man, it must be wonderful to be a missionary. They don't have any needs. People just give them gifts, and, and they're, they're in the lap of luxury. And, uh, and then, of course, pastors, they're busy people, and here every day they get a call. Yeah. yeah. When I was pastor, having been a missionary and teaching missions, I probably had three and four calls every day for missionaries wanting to come to my church to present. And then, of course, pastors may not understand other cultures, and they think, and they've heard people say, well, why do you send missionaries? Just send money to the nationals on the field. It's better. Yeah. So the, the pastor may not understand the missionary at all, but let's flip that around. Often the missionary has no clue about the pastor because mm-hmm. the missionary goes to that church, and they see the pastor, and they just assume that pastor's a rich man. <laughs> and that church pays. He does only get not only gets paid, but they pay for his mileage, and they get him a car, and people are giving him gifts, and they, you know, all, they just that's what missionaries think about pastors. There's pastor appreciation, <laughs> David, not missionary appreciation, David. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have been on both sides of it, and for that reason, many pastors will ask me questions about missions that they might not ask a missionary, and. And I and I do see both sides of it. And again, uh, cowboys and the and the farmers should be friends. When pastors and missionaries, and we we are friends. Mm-hmm. And I think those of us who've been on both sides of it can help um, pastors understand a little better how it works. And often when I'm in the church, I, I explain not only to the pastor but to the church how it works to be a missionary because our young missionaries start out on deputation and they don't have any income. Mm -hmm. And the car they're driving may be borrowed Mm. and it may not be so good and the tires may be tread bare. Mm -hmm. And yet most people in the church, they've never heard how it operates. Maybe they're more familiar with denominational missions, which the missionaries might get a salary, but in our case, no missionary at BMI gets a salary. Right. And when they start out, we we say we're a faith mission agency. And we really are, meaning that we all have to trust God to bring in the funds that God's called us to go to a place he will provide. But that not only includes the missionaries starting out with us, but that includes the directors. So you men who are in here with me today and, and myself also, 
we understand even as directors, we don't get money from BIMI. It's all money that we pray in and and raise just like the missionaries do. And most pastors and most church members would not. They've never heard that. Mm-hmm. Why would they hear it? It's not mm-hmm. in their common everyday experience, yet we missionaries live in it. And again, the, uh, the pastor, um, he's never, he just thinks that, I've heard people say this, well, people are the same all over the world. You just go and win them to Christ. Well, that that's not exactly true. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to, just for example, Japan, no Japanese person understands a personal creator loving God. Yep. There are many gods, multiple gods, and you can't define God. And they talk about kamikaze, meaning divine breath, going back to the wartime. So when you go to a, a different place, they don't understand the typical biblical language. We're so used to talking about sin and righteousness and judgment and Jesus and God and the Bible. And so many people in the world, they don't have any understanding at all of that. Hmm. Well, the pastor's never been there. That's why I love to take pastors with me to the mission field. And I know you Hmm. guys, you've done the same thing, to take a pastor out and let them see missionaries at work on the field will change their lives. And they come back. You know, I, I, I used to hear people say, well, all those missionaries are out there living in wealth. And I would always say, you men must know a different group of missionaries than I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to back up to the, the, the first part of your um, your conversation. That misconception. The pastor looks at the missionary, comes in, he's got the suit on, the family looks good, the car looks clean, everything must be perfect, even though it's probably not. And the missionary comes in and sees the pastor and everything looks great. And most of that time, a lot of times the the connection between a pastor and a missionary is at missions conference. So the church does look great and everything's all geared up for that. And those pastors that have been doing it for a while uh, know how to compartmentalize and put away the problems that still exist in the church and not share those and burden the missionary with those. So the missionary gets a different, I think, concept as well. Sure. <clears throat> so number one, do you think maybe that's one of the primary reasons that there is this misunderstanding because most of the contact happens in those kind of settings? It and is. then number two, how do we get past that so we can we can begin to understand each other? Well, it's probably because I had been a missionary first, and then I was pastor. Mm-hmm. But when I was when I was pastor, and we had lots of missionaries in my church. But when we had missionary conference, <clears throat> maybe on Saturday night we'd do a video, a DVD presentation, and question and answer. And I'd been spending time as pastor with the missionaries in the conference. So my people would ask the missionary a question, and the missionaries would would stand there and lie. <laughs> how how you doing? Oh, everything's great. We're fine. I'm Lord's glad you clarified. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, they, you know, and 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 I would I would say time out. Okay, everybody pause. Time out. You all let down your guard a little bit. You tell my people what you've been telling me this week. Mm. And I just had the the missionaries explain everything's not fine. I mean, everything's great in the Lord, and we're rejoicing in the Lord, but 
they got a child that's sick. They got a mother and a, maybe both mom and dad or grandparents. And they're getting ready to leave the country, and there's all this tension. And and occasionally, I haven't done it in a long time. I preach a message called goodbye. And I tell the missionaries when I preach that, you missionaries, put your fingers in your ear. Don't listen. This is not for you. This is for the church people. Mm-hmm. Because uh, most of them have never been to the airport, mom and dad and grand- grandmother and grandfather, when the missionaries and all the little grandkids are getting ready to right. get on a plane and fly mm-hmm. to the other side of the world, and they won't mm-hmm. see them again for four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also on the on like finances, uh, when someone in my congregation would say to the missionary, how much money do you have to raise to go to, and they would give a number, and I could see people, my people thinking, <laughs> man, I wish I could make. Yeah. And, and again, I would say, wait a minute, time out. Let me explain that, that that sum of money he just mentioned is not his salary. Yeah. When missionaries are raising support, they're not raising support to go out and have food to eat they're raising support to go plant a church. Now, that means they have to buy Bibles. They have to have chairs, probably. They have to have a building. They either rent it or, or buy. or They have to homeschool their kids. They have to pay their taxes. They, all these things, it, it's not cheap yeah. to go to the mission field. So when I, I would explain that to my church people so that they understand, because the missionary is going to try to be honest and they'll give how much they're told they have to raise. But that's not a fair assessment. So if the pastor understands how it works, and that, that's one reason at BIMI we do every year Action Conference for World Evangelism, where we invite pastors to come here, and we just spend a, a Monday night and a Tuesday, and we just talk missions, just like we're, we're sitting here. We just mm-hmm. talk, and we let them ask questions, and what— Brother Godfrey, what do I do? I'm a pastor, but the missionaries in my church now—they're all 90 years old, and they're not on the field anymore. Yeah. What do we? Are we? What about this widow? Do we have to continue? Or, you know, all these questions that pastors uh, are struggling with—we try to. That's part of what we do at BMI is try to help them understand some of these things. Well, I know that one of the things, and I felt this personally myself at different meetings. As a guest speaker for a missions conference, you know, you're preaching Wednesday through Sunday or Sunday through Wednesday, whatever the case may be. And, you know, you connect with that church really well. And so there's like this, everyone's coming up to you and just, you know, you feel, and, and I say this in the in the best way, like this little mini celebrity of, wow, this is so cool. And I know, I, I've thought about like that pastor who's preaching week after week, year after year, and doesn't get that response. Yeah. And I feel bad. I know I feel bad about that inside. There's, there's this thing of like, you know, oh, because I'm not in any way trying to sh- show up anyone or, or trying to draw people. It's just trying to be a blessing. And the guest speaker always gets better <laughs> praise than the – it's kind of like the in football analogy, like the, the, the best-loved person on the bench is the, the backup quarterback. Everyone wants to see the backup quarterback play yeah. kind of thing, and and it is just that. And so, you know, sometimes missionaries can think – get the overinflated view of who they are in the church, sure. and the pastor can – I, and I and I say this in the right way can somewhat have a jealous thing too no. like look at how they're just loving on sure. them in but it's in a very condensed time frame so obviously we've ad- addressed the issue and they're trying to we're trying to do things to to help out what are some things that you wish the the missionary knew about pastors cuz 
missionaries get frustrated when the church can't take them in. Uh, the missionary calls. The missionary wants to get a meeting. The pastor doesn't answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, his twentieth rejection of the day, and it's and there's just sort of this. Oh, why isn't anyone taking my call? Doesn't don't they love missions yeah. and such? But on the other side, you have the pastor who's like, their heart breaks that they can't bring the missionary in. So, just, why don't you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Okay. I again, I understand I'm different because I've been both, but. I took the calls, and I got lots of them. I mean, I had calls every day, multiple calls. I took the calls. I didn't pass that off to my secretary, and I'm not saying that's bad. And some pastors in a larger church, they that may be out of their hands. They mm-hmm. could not take every call. My church was growing. We supported a lot of missionaries, but I took the calls, and I would listen to them. I would tell, I would ask them some pertinent questions, and I would be honest with them and say, look, right now my church could not take on more missionary families for support, uh, but send me your packet. Now, most missionaries have a packet ready to go with a prayer card and a brochure, yeah. or a pan- whatever they've got. I would say, send me your material, and I will. I promise you this, I will get it, and I will pray for you, and I'll hang on to it, and down the road, if there's an opening, I'll let you know, and I did that, and I, I couldn't have everyone come, right. but I still took their material, and I did look at it, I read it, and I, I filed it, and many times missionaries, they just want to feel that that pastor, I'm a real person and he will listen to me. Yeah. But now it's, it's, it's just as true that the missionaries must be grateful that the pastor is not only giving his time, he's giving his pulpit up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not a little thing. And he doesn't know you. I mean, the missionary on dictation, they're coming in a pastor doesn't know you. He doesn't know, can you preach? Mm -hmm. Uh, So he may not give you the whole service, but he may give you uh, five minutes or he may give you 10 minutes or may give you, show you DVD and talk about your field. But whatever that pastor gives you as a missionary, we have to have a sense of gratitude. And if the pastor says, of course, we tell our missionaries this, if the pastor says, you've got five minutes, you've got five minutes. Mm -hmm. So when a missionary gets up and takes 25 minutes, no wonder pastors don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The idea of of, um, missionaries not really understanding pastors and not understanding why they don't take their phone call and all of that, what I have found is, and I don't know if if it was out of frustration, uh, but when I was in in Arizona, so I have a little bit of this because being in Arizona, church planting and so on and so forth. So I get the calls, but mostly I would just get the, uh, I would get emails, just an email. And and it annoyed me to no end. It really did because I've been on both sides like you have. And, And it would be, hey, pastor, here's my information. I'd like to book a meeting. You call me. And it was it just spoke volumes to me that missionaries <laughs> did not understand that yeah. I did more than just preach three times a week. Sure. Yeah, someone asked one of my we have five children, we have three daughters, and someone asked one of my daughters, What was it like growing up in a pastor's home? And she said, Well the thing I remember most is the phone ringing at one AM yeah. and the light coming on in dad's room and a few minutes later the car cranks and I was mm-hmm. off to the hospital mm-hmm. or somebody's having a marriage crisis yeah. and see a lot of missionaries they're on deputation they're not doing that right. and they don't understand that pastor 
is is getting sermons and spending time with the Lord and in prayer and visiting in hospitals and out soul winning and and trying to keep his own family in in order and provide for them and it's it's balancing. Uh, j- the other just recently, I preached a sermon. Uh, virtually that went to Uganda to our missionaries there about balancing mm. family life and ministry. Mm-hmm. And that that's not an easy thing to do for any of us missionaries as well, missionaries and pastors, because we get into our ministry and the ministry grows and it gets larger and larger and larger. And some of us don't like to take on too many assistants or, vo- or even volunteers. We want to do it. Mm-hmm. But then what, if we're not careful, our family suffers from it and that's true with the missionary family as well as the pastor's family. I just I want to f- follow up with w- what you just said it just quickly. It does seem to me that the conversation we're having is that missionaries that don't understand pastors, mostly it is that deputation mis- missionary. When they've gone to the field <laughs> and spent four, four years on the field yeah. and been in ministry acting as that church planting pastor, mm-hmm. they begin to understand the pressures of a pastor on a day-to-day basis and maybe come back with a whole different perspective sure. about the pastor. And I think that helps balance out helping missionaries understand pastors. But how do we get pastors to understand missionaries? Because they still, even though they're doing, by and large, a lot of the same things, they aren't facing the same pressures. So we mentioned getting pastors to go to the field, but what else can we do? Well, getting them to go to the field, come to our our action conference. One of the things I've done, I've taught in several different Bible colleges, probably 16 or 17 years of my life. And some of my missions classes are taken by not just missionary candidates, but by people who will be pastors and Christian Mm. school teachers. And in my Mm. classes, I teach this thing, what we're talking about. I I try to help the pastors understand some of these things, knowing that that God hasn't called them to go to the mission field. But if I can help them and clear up some of this muddy water misunderstanding, I want them to go out. I want my class to have an impact, not just for the I don't believe everybody should be a missionary on on a farm field. Mm-hmm. I think in, all of us Christians are missionaries in a certain sense, but full time, as we would say, leaving your country, going to a different place, mm-hmm. even to a big city in America, or going somewhere else. Um, if I can help those pastors understand, and I, I explain deputation, furloughs. Uh, family issues and a lot of those things in my classes. In real terms. In real terms. <laughs> and I, I've actually had people tell me, Brother Godfrey, aren't you afraid you're going to scare people off from serving the God, the <laughs> Lord with all those stories? And, and I always say, look, if my stories scare them off, what's going to happen if they go to the field or, or they become a pastor? So true. Right. So even mm-hmm. becoming a pastor, there's a romantic idea about being a pastor that everybody loves a pastor. Mm. Well, I wish that were true. <laughs> but there are some churches where the pastor is not always loved. And, mm. and being a pastor, is, it's not an easy thing either. It's a mm. wonderful thing. Mm. Being a missionary, one of the greatest things in the world. But it's a learning curve. I mean, I'm the old young guy in the room or young old guy, whichever way that goes. <laughs> but I'm still learning. And all of us have to be able, willing to learn and talk to each other. And if you can 
take the if a missionary goes to the church for a a Wednesday night, a Sunday, or a conference, at some point of time, or if you're passing through that area, call and offer to take that pastor out for a meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you pay for it, <laughs> and 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 sit down and just talk and don't have an agenda, and don't try to get a meeting necessarily. Just be a friend of that pastor and share with him. And very often they'll open up and start asking you questions. And again, where what we're working at is where the pastor and the missionary can be friends and not be jealous. It is true. Mm. I did a a questionnaire for a pastor many years back, and. As when I did that questionnaire, I could tell that there was some jealousy there, yeah. and he just thought his people treated missionaries. Now, again, I didn't do that as pastor. I made missionaries out to be heroes, with some realism mixed in there too. But yep. I feel like if the your church people will love what the pastor loves. And if the pastor yeah. loves missions, reaching the world, and missionaries, the people will. That's a great way to put it. And if the great people love that, they'll love their pastor. Yeah, great way to put it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this, put you on the spot. Uh-oh. This is one of those big moments of tension between a missionary and a pastor. Okay, missionary has just come in, presented his field. Deputation guy comes in, presents his field. Great service. All right. Uh, missionary leaves and then maybe hasn't heard anything from that church for a month, two months, maybe even three. Missionary now <laughs> begins to think, should I contact that pastor to say, hey, pastor, just wondering, you know, kind of uh, if there's any chance to support. Um, and there's a whole variety of re- answers that people give. But since you're in the hot seat today, I'm going to ask you, right. do, what as a pastor, do you want someone to call you and ask you, like, hey, what's the status, <laughs> um, or or just, or not? I, I really do not, but I think that may be because I, as pastor, I'm going to, I'm going to try to let the missionary know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like most of the time in our conference, we took on all the missionaries who were there. Mm-hmm. We also took on missionaries periodically through the year, and sometimes when I thought, I don't think we can take on another missionary, but somebody would come in, and God would really use them to bless my church, and we might call a business meeting right there and take them on. But if we couldn't, I tried to communicate that to the missionary. That's hard. I mean, that's a, that's an emotional struggle for a pastor because mm-hmm. you want to support everybody that comes, and and I can't. But I I really do think it's better for the pastor or maybe I should say the church, actually, to take that initiative and just be honest with the missionaries and let them know if there's not a chance of you supporting them right now, just say that. I, I'm i not too wild about the missionary. I, going back to the, we say we live by faith and faith missions. Well, do we or don't we? Yep. And if I'm fidgeting and worrying about whether that one, just do it. And I do think it's true that well, I know it's true. Churches have different methods of taking on their missionaries. Mm-hmm. So some of them take them on right then or maybe at the end of the conference. Mm-hmm. But other churches only have one business meeting in the whole year when they take on missionaries. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's the case, the pastor probably should tell the missionary that. But 
it, the, the pastor may not take it too well from a missionary if he feels like he's being badgered a little bit. Hmm. But that's just, that's my thinking about it. Yeah. Well, that's definitely, that's my viewpoint. I get hit up by even our guys like, ooh, should I ask? And I'm of the mindset that you don't. No, uh, relax I'm of relax the and let God do it. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and I think if, if the missionary is um, publishing a, a prayer letter that speaks about his support level, and hopefully they're sending that out to every church they've had a meeting with on deputation. Um, I definitely would recommend to our missionaries that, that that's, I know the missionaries I work with, that's what I recommend. Every church you visited, you send a, a prayer letter. And the pastor probably sees that. And mm-hmm. somebody in the church sees sure. that and is aware. And uh, maybe they will pick them back up. And I know that in, in Arizona, that's what I did. If if we weren't going to be able to take somebody on, I would just tell them at the end of the service, listen, sure. we loved you, what you did, and we're for you, and we'll pray. And maybe one day we can support you, sure. but maybe we can't right now um, do that. We are already out of time. That, Boy, that flew by. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> it really did. And um, this is just really a, a little piece of a class that uh, Dr. Godfrey teaches each and every year at uh, Camp Bimmy uh, called From the Pastor's Perspective. I've had the privilege to hear it a number of years. You've, Stephen, you've heard it a number of years, and, and I never tire of hearing it, honestly. And when we talked about this, we said, this why we wanted Dr. Godfrey to come <laughs> yeah. in was for this particular reason. And maybe you're listening right now and uh, are interested in missions. Uh, we are right now accepting applications for participants in Camp Bimmy, and normally I close this out, but Stephen, since you're a uh, assistant director with Camp Bimmy, why don't you make that final pitch? Tell them how they could make their application, and we'll close it up from there. Yeah, definitely. We are excited about Camp Bimmy this year, where it is like kind of an introduction to all aspects of missions mm-hmm. life, both on the field or in the church. So that if someone never even heads to the foreign field, they still have an understanding of it. And you can find out more by going to BIMI.org slash Camp Bimmy. Um, you'll see there all the questions, the who, what, where, when, whys of Camp Bimmy. It'll explain everything of it. Uh, it is a week long. It starts on a Monday, ends on an early Saturday morning. And the last week of June, so I think June 27th to July 2nd, I believe. And that is, it's a wonderful time. And when you hear the word camp, you think kind of, you know, running around doing activities. But this is more kind of like uh, kind of college level type of things in in helping you understand all aspects of missions. And uh, as Tony said, this is Dr. Godfrey, this is a, a, a preview of one of those classes. So we would love to have it for anyone of any age. I mean, from 16 years on up, I mean, we've had 65-year-olds come mm-hmm. to Camp Bimmy before. Yeah. So it's not restricted to a certain age level. It really, the tagline is finding your fit in missions. Mm-hmm. And whether that be serving overseas or serving in your local church, we just want to f- help you find your fit and understand missions in a much better way. So Jump, jump to that website, take a look, read through it, and uh, sign up. Yeah, we can, we're taking applications. It's been great what we've had so far. Well, thanks for listening and letting us have this part of the week with you. We have kind of a privilege to meet with you each and every week like this. And I look forward to meeting with you next week also. And until next week, have a great week in the Lord.